Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. August is almost over, and that means the Kind of Funny Patreon pledge drive is about to wrap up. If you love what we do, please know we couldn't do it without your support on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, and it would mean the world to us if you tossed us a sub, even if it was just for a month. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, August 24th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioe Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim motherfucking Gettys. I'm having a great morning, boy. Yeah? Why yeah so? It's a little what too happened? hot outside. Don't like that. You don't like Don't the like heat? that one bit. I can't stand the heat. I'm staying out of the, kitchen. Out of the kitchen. You know what I mean? That's been my life since day one. Um, you know, the sunburns is one thing. The discomfort's another. Yeah. I'm just not a sun boy. You know? No? I, I like the sun. What I don't like is the fact that in San Francisco, not every unit has AC. Yeah. And so the apartment I live in, we're, one, we don't have AC. Two, we're on the top floor and heat rises. Ooh. And the insulation is bad. Fire so all rises. the heat gets trapped. The fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The heat gets trapped in my apartment in a way that makes it very uncomfortable to live in. I get it. And man. I was yeah. talking about yesterday how I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. It was because of the heat. Yeah. Like, it's hard to sleep in that amount of heat. Thankfully, last night, because I was so tired, I passed out at like 9.30 p.m. Dude. And I got the best sleep of my life yeah. last night. Yeah, I, I am having the same problems with sleep because of how hot it is. Yeah. And on top of that, I have two Pomeranians that are the fluffiest little heat machines of all time. Mm. Yeah. And they're just trying to survive. They're, they're just like, what? Like, dad helped me. What is happening? Why is it so hot? And I don't know what to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, same. Them. Like uh, both Alyssa and Lulu oh, run cool. warm when they're like asleep, and so that means the bed is just extra hot. It's the worst. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's the worst. And so I, I hope people understand when we're talking about the heat here in San Francisco. It's really like, awesome. oh, like you you don't know what you're talking about. It's not a hundred degrees here and stuff like that. Like, yes, when we're outside, it's fine. It's not no, that it's not bad. Cool. But here's the thing about being inside San Francisco homes, where these uh, places were built with. Uh, the weather of San Francisco in mind from 40 years ago and not with the uh, climate change and all that stuff today, right? Yeah. Where it's like they're so over, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, when it like when houses trap heat. Insulated? Um, it, they're so over insulated for whenever, every once in a blue moon, it's a warm day in San Francisco, but then when it gets really cold, it gets to trap whatever heat it can just to yeah. keep you warm. But now because it's hot, like now that we have like months where it's actually like really fucking warm, yeah. uh, being inside fucking sucks because a lot of places don't have AC units. So. And I've, I've experienced yeah. this both in Seattle and San Francisco because it's that similar thing where, yeah, buildings are built for a certain kind of weather. And when you have weather that only gets this hot maybe a few weeks out of the year, then like that's an acceptable cost, uh, like sunken cost, right? Hey, yeah. Let people be hot for two weeks for the rest, and so for the rest of the year they can save money on like the, all this stuff to make to, uh, to give their building better insulation, all this stuff. Like for people in chat that are like, oh, but it's only seventy two in San Francisco. I'm in Miami. It's fucking hot. Listen, I grew up in Illinois. I also lived in Nigeria for a couple of years. I know what it's like to live in a place that is hot. It is different when you don't have AC. Like in <laughs> Nigeria, with a, walking into any building that has AC and you get drenched with that cold air, 
it's a wonderful feeling. Mm. Guess what? Like you you get that. Like you that is a that is a a society that is built for that. San Francisco is not a society that is built <laughs> for that kind of heat. And so we don't live in a society. It's the, same, it's the same way that when I lived in Seattle, um, what around like 2017, 2018, there were a couple of weeks during the winter that it would snow and the roads would get a little bit icy. And coming from Illinois, I was like. Oh yeah, like I, I know how to drive in the snow. Like that's the easiest thing ever. Like I've driven in snow my whole life, at least since I was sixteen. Uh, I can handle this. Then I start to do it. And I'm like, oh no, Seattle doesn't have the systems for getting in like the snow plowers and putting the salt on the road. And also, it's very hilly. It is a different beast driving in the snow in Seattle than driving in the snow in flat Illinois. And so, yeah, it's 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 different out it's here. Different out here. But also, I I I tend to like the heat aside from just the sleeping aspect of it, right? Yeah. Like going outside, having the sun shining on me, being able to be, be in a t-shirt, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Tip. I'm a jacket boy. I always have been. Always will be. Always will be. <laughs> Tim, that's about all that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Xbox's response to Series S criticisms. Was Elder Scrolls 6 announced too early and more? Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news and need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you. A new Kind of Funny X-Cast is up right now, all about whether Starfield is the start of a new Xbox. You can, of course, catch that over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And then, Tim, what's going on with In Review? In Review, a new one, starts today. Saw in Review. We're getting into the spooky season oh. just a little early. Uh, we're going to be doing Saw leading all the way through to Halloween, uh, where we would do Saw 10 the mm. newest installment in the Saw franchise. The final one, potentially. Don't they already had the final chapter. No, they only did it once. Okay. Uh, but there was two movies after it. So this, mm. we're about to get the third after it. Uh, but yeah, we're starting from the beginning. Uh, I watched Saw 1 last night. I can't wait to talk about it later today on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. Um, otherwise, it'll be going up later. For everybody else, um, Alfredo Diaz will be joining us. Oh. Me, Nick, Joey, Alfredo, and Andy Cortez, who for some reason doesn't see Saw as a horror franchise. And it's like, okay. Oh, he made a huge mistake. Did, did you, are, you, you already know that? No, but like, here's the thing. He always, you know, there's the bit, right? There's the bit like, oh man, sorry guys. I couldn't make it to this in review. Uh, just because he's a big, he's a big scary cat, which I understand. I empathize with, but like, I guess this Saul, was the franchise he decided. But Saul isn't spooky. It's scary, it's, but it's not spooky. It's fucked up a little bit, though. Oh, it's real yeah. fucked up. So, but that's the thing is, is Andy, like, I don't know how many of them he's seen, but he has seen a couple of them, and he oh. really liked them back All in the right. day. So he, he was like, yo, I'm in for this. And I was like, you realize that there's a, a lot of tension and jump scares and stuff. Like, I, I would say I understand that Saw's not, like, the scariest movie ever. Mm -hmm. Saw is scarier than most scary movies, I, I would agree. say. I and I love that. scary movies. And I'm not even talking about the gore and stuff. I'm literally talking about... People jumping out of closets and shit. I'm trying to think if I heard him screaming last night, and I'm like, uh, obviously that's a gamble of like, if it, is it? <laughs> is he watching a, scary a movie? saw or is he streaming? You know, like, so I'm trying to think if 
I remember him like screaming from whatever. Yesterday. Well, we'll have to find out because he's joining us for all ten of these motherfuckers. So, oh, damn. <laughs> when, how old were you when you watched your first Saw? Um, it was 2004, so I I, I was like 12, 11, okay, 12. Because I, I I remember being a kid watching Saw for the first time. It was at like a cousin's house, and they just happened to have it on. And I, I think it scarred me for life. Like, oh, I dude. don't think I was a, I, I think I was a person, I was a different person before Saw and after Saw. Yeah. Like, I did not, that was the f- most fucked up shit I had seen up until that point in my life. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, I don't want to spoil shit. I want to talk about it later. Yeah. I fucking love Saw. That's all I need to say. Oh, though. Yeah. I, I've seen every Saw except the first one day of coming out in theaters. God damn. Oh, yeah. Good for you. And I'm going to keep it going. I don't baby. think I can do that. Ah, in the I'll walk out the theater at some yeah. point. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just like, it's so fucking fucked. I feel it's what those up. characters are going through. Oh, it's like, dip your fucking hand in some acid. I'm like, no, why are we doing this? <laughs> put this nail or put put this put this fucking nail through your fingernail, or else we'll cut off, cut off your friend's hand. And it's like, what's going on? Like, what's, going what's on? wrong, with my guy? You can find out what's going together. on. What's the on guy name? What's his name? Jigsaw. Of course it is. <laughs> get, get it together, Jigsaw. Go so, go to some therapy. John Kramer. Anyway. Therapy would probably be like. The big solution to all this. Well, what right? if they? What if I told you they dealt with that in one of the later movies? Don't worry about it. Men we're, we're would rather to... torture other people than go to therapy. <laughs> Men would rather become Jigsaw than go to therapy. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining, and Logan Delaney, the Delaney Bros. Today we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, it's Gamescom, and Phil Spencer is talking about the Series S. Phil Spencer doesn't see a world where Xbox Series S has to miss out on some games. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Xbox boss Phil Spencer has said the company doesn't have any plans to allow the release of Xbox Series X exclusive games. It's currently a mandatory requirement for developers to ensure that their games are compatible with both Series X and Series S in order to release them for Microsoft's consoles. Some developers have argued that having to cater to Microsoft's entry-level console is limiting the potential of current-gen games. And the Xbox release of one of this year's most high-profile titles, Baldur's Gate 3, is currently being held up by technical issues encountered by developer Larian Studios, which has so far been unable to get its split-screen co-op mode to run to an acceptable level on Series S. Quote, on S, specifically we designed the box with similarities to X and clear places where we're targeting a different performance, Spencer told Eurogamer on Wednesday. Quote, and we're taking feedback from devs, including Larian. I met with them today to talk about it, and I'm confident we're going to find a solution and we're going to learn. I don't see a world where we drop S. In terms of parity, I don't think you've heard from us or Larian that this was about parity. I think it's, it's more that the community is talking about it. There are features that ship on X today that do not ship on S, even from our own games, like ray tracing that works on X. Is, uh, it's not on S in certain games. So for an S customer, they spent roughly half of what the X customer bought. They understand that it's not going to run the same way. I want to make sure that games are available on both. That's our job as a platform holder, and we're committed to that with our partners, Spencer continued. And I think we're going to get there with Larian. So I'm not overly worried about that, but we've learned some stuff through it. Having an entry-level price point for console, sub $300, is a good thing for the industry. I think it's important. The Switch has been able to do that, and in terms, uh, or the Switch has been able to do that in terms of kind of the traditional plug into my television consoles. I think it's important, so we're committed. End quote. 
of course, this article went up earlier. Uh, a couple hours ago, there's a tweet from Sven Vink, who works at Larian, who tweeted out, I'm super happy to confirm that after meeting with Phil Spencer yesterday, we found a solution that allows us to bring Baldur's Gate 3 to Xbox players this year still, something we've been working towards for quite some time. All improvements will be there with split-screen co-op on Series X. Series S will not feature split-screen co-op, but will also include cross-save progression between Steam and Xbox Series. Um, it, it's interesting that it's phrased here that after meeting with him yesterday, yeah. we've come up with something. It's like, damn, so that like shit's going down at Gamescom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these decisions are being made. Um, this is not surprising to me in any way that there are, are issues being dealt with with the, the power disparity between the different consoles. We kind of assumed that this would happen even dating back to the PS4 Pro days of all the conversations of what's this going to do to developers? Is it putting uh, too much stress on them to be able to, to make it run on, on multiple SKUs and all of that? And we've seen examples of that being the case. We've seen examples of it not really getting in the way. And I feel like this is just going to be part of a continued conversation as uh, this generation goes on, as we probably get uh, iterative upgrades even yeah. to the, the PS5 and Xbox series. Like, I imagine we'll get another series at some point uh, this generation. And I feel like this is just going to be a continuous problem that eventually will just kind of become a standard mm -hmm. in the same way that we've seen with smartphones um, over the last uh, decade plus. And um, it is interesting, though, the way that Phil's talking about features, talking about split screen co-op and ray tracing as equals. Yeah, which I wouldn't have thought that. Right? Yeah. Like in the way that we've talked about this series S and the series X. Cool. Ray tracing. Yeah, I can see I, I can see how that then gets split up. Right. Because ray tracing is a feature that we talk about when it comes to the next gen consoles and stuff. Things like 60 FPS performance modes. I can see how that gets divvied up between the Series X and the Series S. When we get into things like split split screen co-op, that is a that's a gameplay feature. right Yeah. There, right. Like that is actually getting into now you're cutting off modes off the game. And, and that was the conversation that Larian was having in terms of not being able to ship on Xbox this year, possibly potentially um, because they couldn't get that at parity with Series S and Series X. And so the the statement from Sven here talking about, yeah, after meeting with Phil Spencer yesterday, now we're going to release on Series S. I wonder if the conversation with Phil was hey, we'll make an exception for you. <laughs> like, usually wouldn't do this, but Baldur's Gate 3 is one of the most popular games of the year. It's one of the biggest games of the year. It's a game that our audience is going to be clamoring for. And it's a, it's a thing that, like, is making us look bad, right? The fact that this is now out everywhere, but not on Xbox this year. We should make some exceptions for you because Baldur's Gate 3 is this, like, different case of a game that we need to get to our audience. I could see that being the case. I wonder if that... That I, don't, I wonder if this opens up the can of worms well, for other developers to go, oh, but they didn't have split screen. So like, I just need to go to Gamescom and talk to Phil. You yeah. know what I mean? And we'll figure it out. I think that the, the line here is that there are features that ship on X today that do not ship on S, even from our own games, like Ray Tracing that works on X, not on S in certain games. Are there other examples? Like besides ray besides tracing, ray tracing and like in like sixty. But let us know. I, I actually I'll I don't love, know this I'll myself, but um I do. I'm not surprised that this is happening and it's going to start to happen more and more with different things because that's just the way that these things go. What's interesting about this is who does this affect more? They're committing to the Series S. They're, it sounds like they're not budging for this for now. Yeah. And it's hard because the install base of that thing compared to the X, right? Like I'm sure it's a sizable amount of. Uh, the Xbox audience, like maybe not the majority, maybe though. I don't know. Are there more S or X uh, players a, out there? I think there's enough S players that you can't abandon them. Like there's, there's absolutely. And I that we were talking about Xcast uh, recently. Like we were having this kind of discussion without the, these updates today a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like Paris was talking about how I think there's more S's out there. 
It uh, might be in the, in the wild, yeah. Because I mean, when the when I bought a an Xbox for my nephews, it was a Series S, and it was a very easy decision of, oh yeah, it's, it's cheaper. Like it, it's who's who needs the physical games anymore, right? Like we don't need that element. We're, I'm gonna give them Game Pass as well, and like, yeah, if they're missing out on ray tracing and perform performance stuff, then so be it, right? Like they're still gonna get what they would need out of this thing. And I think that is where I find this conversation most interesting is who is this affecting the most? Is it the S players or the X players? Because I would argue that my gut tells me that the S players are not the hardest of hardcore. They're not the ones that are caring about all these modes anyways. They, for the most part, are the ones that are looking for an entry point into the Xbox ecosystem, into video games in general. This is my Game Pass machine. Like, I just want to be able to play games, and that, like, I'm just looking to play games. It doesn't need to be at their, at their best or anything, and whatever games come to me, I'm going to be there for. I think on the X side, though, Baldur's Gate's not there when yeah. it could be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, right now, yeah. Right now, yeah, yes, like, yes. I, but I, I mean, like, that it, it should, we should have a date for it, and we don't For yet. sure. So it's like, I think that it's more affecting the the X players that aren't able to get games because decisions need to be made for for the parody to to get down to the S. Mm-hmm. Um, See, my, but either way, it's problematic. You brought up the idea of the Series X, as the Series family getting the, you know, pro versions or um, other consoles being added to that could be more powerful or whatever. Do, does that happen when you have to cater to the Series S? Like, can we get a Series X that is a more powerful pro version, like the Series A, I don't know what they call it, but like another series that is more powerful when you still got to make these games for Series S? Because I think then we start to talk about the iPhone thing of these incremental upgrades that, you know, we shave off the bottom portion of them as we start to add in more of these things. If the Series S has the most units out there, right, or has a very sizable chunk of units out there in comparison to the family... I don't think you can shave it off. Yeah, but the like again, I'm not saying that I think that this is right. I'm yeah. just saying it like it is. Remember when the Xbox One games were part of this too? Yeah. Right? That and then fair. and then they weren't at a certain point. And I feel like it is easy it's going to be easier for Xbox to care less about the Series S audience when there's uh, there's more series players on other consoles and there'd be like at a, a certain cutoff point, hey, not all games are going to come to Series S because we need to focus on the x and z and whatever the fuck else after right yeah and it's all just kind of building into that the the marketing speak of it all and then getting consumers used to that upgrade course or the understanding of there is a pro model there is something better than what i have and what i have is good for now but what is the guarantee of time on that thing yeah um and i when you look at what xbox is building now I feel like it's pretty obvious that that's the the course forward while also building out the extreme low side of the cloud. Like I think the Series S to them was a a stopgap place in time need for where the games industry was at that moment in time for them to continue to get as big of a foothold of audience as they can. Yeah. But I think things already are starting to shift and change when you see what Xbox has at their disposal and now that the games are starting to come out and all that. I imagine that their push into the Samsung TVs and into all of that, Mm -hmm. that is their solution to the low end Mm -hmm. uh, of um, entry points for for Xbox gamers. I I, I see exactly what you're talking about. The worry I have there is that will we ever get there in terms of cloud? Like, I know know there's a push and pull of the accessibility and approachability of it and how, how all of us have screens that that would work with, right? Theoretically, if cloud, if Xbox cloud could work as it should, Everybody just has Xbox, right? Because you just have you have a Samsung TV, you have a computer, you have whatever screen. But 
do pe will people actually play the games like uh, that way as their core way, right? Is that a thing that is going to work well enough to where that replaces a console for you? Because if not, then yes, I think Series S still is the answer because Series S again is very successful. Even Xbox or even uh, Phil Spencer in this uh, article is talking about how yeah, like the having an entry level price point for a console sub three hundred dollars is a good thing for the industry. They believe in the the Series S and the Series S is getting it done for them right now. And even in a world where they weren't thinking about cloud gaming, like Series S works like that gets that job done um it, it's hard to imagine or i guess it's not hard to imagine i think the thing wouldn't need to be that if you're going to introduce let's call it the series z if you introduce the series z series x then needs to come to that sub 300 place which, which i think it would yeah i mean I think, I think that's that's the natural progression of this right like that, sure. that is exactly the future i see and i, I feel mm -hmm. like it's backed up with the numbers they're talking about in the same way that phones work where yeah eventually the like hot new item gets like dropped down a bit like even just looking at um, iPhones when it took a while, but we're now at a point that all of them have the full screen. Yeah. You know, it's not the, you don't have the ones with the, the button anymore. And that took years of it being the hot new thing, having multiple levels, but then eventually it lowers down to that same price point, or at least relatively close to that same price point. Um, but what's, I would love to see a breakdown of Xbox Series X owners versus Series S owners and their main reason for purchase. Yeah. Um, where I'm sure that there are millions and millions and millions of people who the Series S was their choice because that was all that they could afford. They're going all in on it. They wish they can do more, but that's what they're doing. And like that is their their gaming console of choice. But I also think that relative to the um, Xbox Series X, Way more people in the Series S either have one as a second console for convenience or as a, um, I wanna, I'm interested in Xbox. I already have a PlayStation or Switch, but like I want to be able to play some of these games. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get the lower one. I don't need the fanciest one to play Halo Infinite, but I do want to play Halo Infinite. So I have it there. Um, or just uh, gifts for people or whatever it is. I just imagine that the, that is a much larger margin than the X, yeah. right? And when you start looking at that, that's just a lot more people that, are playing Xbox games, which is good. But how many of those people care as much about split screen in, in Baldur's Gate compared to ray tracing? I would argue probably a lot more. I think that the moment Series S players that are I, a little more on the casual side are playing games and being like, wait a minute, like wh why isn't this working? When it's not something like ray tracing, mm -hmm. that could be really bad. I don't know that it's going to be bad for Baldur's Gate here, but like if other developers are, are getting concessions made for them. At what point is that like a, Hey, this is actually a worse experience for yeah. the game. Do we hit that point? I don't know. Barry, what's this that you're showing? Uh, this is from ID at Xbox. Uh, some event when they talked about the total sales, uh, between the X and the S, uh, 21 million. I think this was a few months ago. Uh, but, uh, there was another slide that was shown. Barreto slide also revealed that 48% of series S players are new to Xbox. Yeah. Just to give that it a little I think makes context. a lot of sense. I, absolutely. To the conversation of what happens as we move on, does Xbox series X come down in price that sub $300 point? There is another article that actually didn't uh, include in the Roper report because we have a lot of Xbox talk here, but like this actually fits this conversation perfectly. Uh, this is another one from Tom Ivan. The, art the article is titled Xbox boss says current gen console prices won't come down like they used to. Uh, it reads like this. Microsoft's head of gaming has said the price of current gen consoles won't come down over time in the same way as other systems have in the past generations. While previously it could be relatively cheap to buy console hardware at later stages of its lifespan because reduced manufacturing costs uh, might be passed on to consumers, Xbox boss Phil Spencer told Eurogamer that's no longer the case. Quote, the prices aren't coming down, he said. We see it now, and that's why we did Xbox Series S. 
I know there's a bunch of questions like, what is it doing? We wanted to make sure we, uh, we had a sub $300 console uh, because we want to grow. And we think, we think an entry level price point for many new families or players coming into the market is going to be important, end quote. Spencer added, quote, for us thinking about where our hardware is going and reaching more customers, price point is important, but you're not going to be able to start with a console that is $500 thinking it's gonna get to 200 bucks. That won't happen because core components that you use, uh, you're used to Moore's law shooting up and to the right. But your components, you can't buy them uh, anymore as a, as a hardware maker because nobody's making that kind of RAM or other components. It's not the way it used to be where you could take a spec and then ride it out over 10 years and ride the price points down. It's why you see console pricing relatively flat, end quote. Yeah, there's bits and pieces there, some of which I absolutely believe, some of which I think is uh, twisting reality just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I do think, though, that uh, there, there are like very, very likely outcomes to come from this that are in line with what he's saying. I don't expect the $500 consoles to get down to $200. Uh, right. I do think that we will see price cuts over time, and I do think that eventually there will be new products introduced that just push the price down, even if they're taking a loss in somewhat on uh, some way on it uh to get rid of inventory or whatever it is but tech has changed and the way that these things advance and all that but then on top of that though just the base needs of what these consoles are and have um have gotten closer and closer to being a high-end computer over the years and functioning that way yeah and i feel like that everyone's meeting in the middle in a in a way and especially when it comes to the higher end side and then the lower end being more the, the cloud and all that stuff as this is being built out, we're in this place right now that it's not working perfectly, but it is working good. Yeah. And it, if it starts working great, then all of a sudden the price differences don't mean as much. But the reality is with how intense games are these days, video games are insane. We look at video games all the time. And we're like, oh, this is ugly. And it's like what we're looking at is ugly we're just so privileged to be able to see games that look this good that play this well all this stuff even with the, the bugs even with all that stuff we've had conversations a million times now about triple a games ballooning too big and all that stuff yeah it's just a reality it is what it is mm -hmm. the tech and hardware needs to be able to back that stuff up and that comes at a price yeah. you just simply can't put out hardware to run this stuff cheaper than certain prices they're even putting out there because that is where the industry has yeah. pushed themselves and found themselves. The thing I wonder and what I get from the conversations that we're having and then also reading through uh, this article from VGC and try, trying to read the tea leaves here, what if we just don't have a series, like, again, a quote-unquote, me making up a, a title for it, a Series Z, a more powerful console, until next gen? What if that midpoint thing is Xbox putting out a cloud thing and we ride the Xbox Series X as the most powerful SKU up until whatever the next generation thing is. Because, like, we talk about PlayStation 2. And PlayStation, the rumor is that they're going to put out a diskless version of their console, right? Or not the diskless version, sorry. The disk drive thing and then, like, a PlayStation Slim version, right? We're not necessarily talking about a more powerful PS5. And, like, I, my other question with that, too, is, like, do we need a more powerful PS5 and Xbox Series X in the next two years? Like, I don't feel like we're pushing those boundaries yet. Look, it always comes down to the games, and it mm -hmm. seems like a lot of the games right now are not optimizing for the tech that's already currently being used, but that's also because there are multiple SKUs more than ever, and it yeah. causes these problems. Like, There's so much at play here of do we need more powerful consoles? No. Are we going to get more powerful consoles? Absolutely. Like, I guarantee we're going to get more powerful PS5, even if it's not in the, the ways that we're used to thinking about it. But Greg and I were talking on PS I Love You about this a couple uh, days ago, I, th I think. It might have been with you. on. I did two episodes. They were both yeah. great. Um, 
but talking about like what are the marketing gimmicks that you can talk oh, yeah. about? Like, I think that was because like, I yeah. still yeah I'm still because with the PS4 Pro right there were those features. There's HDR. HDR. That was the big 4K. Thing. Yeah, but I, like I was saying there, HDR on consoles and stuff didn't exist until essentially the Xbox One S. Yeah. And One X. One X was it? One X and was it One S? I think it was, I believe it was One S and One X. Yeah. Yeah, I think both of those. Uh, and the PS4 Pro started pushing this HDR thing and introduced a whole new tech to the video game landscape that legitimately did enhance and change how uh, games are made, but that also required uh, TV companies to change the way TVs are made. And there was yeah. like, a, there's a lot of synergy necessary to push this type of tech forward. It's not just about more teraflops and more like fancy numbers going up. Like it used to be back in the day. Like I was saying this already, but 8k is on the box of the PS4 or PS5. <laughs> I think about that very often. And it's like, it's, it's all just meaningless nonsense unless the games are being made to, to back it up. And we're already seeing games not hit the numbers that we would like. And we only would like them because they were being advertised to yeah. us as this but is, is what that the, is. But is that the fault of the box or is that, is that the, just the fault of we're not there yet with video game development? And even like, I don't have an AK screen in my home, right? I mean, like, I think it's a, it's a mid, a big, taking the AK out of it because that's an absurd conversation. Yeah. Uh, just where we're at now, I think it's a bit in every vertical of it where it is the development of games, it is the tech being used, but I think it's also the fact that it has to be playable on multiple yeah. uh, SKUs. And we're seeing it here. Baldur's Gate will not have split screen. Yeah. <laughs> right? And because of that, there's all these issues happening because Xbox, because of their ecosystem, has promised there will be parity of uh, releases on the, the games, mm -hmm. on, on, the, on the different consoles. And it's like, this is just the world we're living in, where it's like, I, I think that we will eventually get a, a better PS5 because they've built this. So now they need to continue to push this narrative and spread things apart to be able to keep making money. Yeah. I don't like I don't like spreading things apart. You know what I mean? Hey, I don't either. But it is what it is. This like, is where we're I'm at. I'm fine with the PS5, honestly. I don't need a pro. Give me a PS6 in 2028. We'll call it a day. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I, I can't believe playing Final Fantasy 16. how many times my PS5 crashed. It was yeah. insane. I and saw I, some people was tweeting about yeah, over, like, I, My shit you was were, overheating. You were the, the first person who like talked about their PS5 overheating. But yeah, with Final Fantasy 16, I saw multiple posts of people being like, yeah, I enter boss fights and this shit heats up my PS5. Yeah, which is wild. I mean, dude, like I, it was not. But also, the boss fights were hot. Though. They, they, they were, they were. But yeah, the, pretty much every boss fight from the ha second half of the game on, uh, I was not alone. That ha happened a lot. And like for everyone, like oh, clean your PS5. I fucking clean my PS5. Who the fuck do you think I am? It's Tim Getty. Of course, goddamn PS5. Jesus Christ. What do you think he's doing in his free time? Story number two. Todd Howard wants Elder Scrolls Six to be the ultimate fantasy world simulator. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Todd Howard has provided a brief update on The Elder Scrolls VI, the next game that he'll direct after Starfield. The highly anticipated game was announced at E3 2018 with a brief teaser trailer, which confirmed it was in pre-production at Bethesda Game Studios. However, Bethesda also revealed Starfield at the same event, and the sci-fi RPG was ahead of the fantasy one in its release pipeline. Following several delays, Starfield will arrive on September 6th, and Elder Scrolls VI will be the studio's next flagship game, ahead of Fallout 5. Asked if he it's wild to be even saying the words fall off. Uh, asked <laughs> if he regrets Elder Scrolls 6 being announced so long ago. Howard told GQ, quote, I have asked myself that a lot. I don't know. I probably would have announced it more casually, end quote. Commenting on what he'd like to achieve with the game, Howard said, quote, it's like, I don't want to answer, but I want to be polite. I'll say that we want to fill that role of the ultimate fantasy world simulator. And there are different ways to accomplish, uh, accomplish that given the time that has passed, end quote. Howard said in June 2021 that Elder Scrolls 6 was still in relatively early planning stages and that it would benefit from the studio's work on Starfield. Quote, 
The new Starfield technology, Creation Engine 2, is sort of built for both games. It's like a new tech base, he told The Telegraph. The vast majority of our development work is on Starfield right now, but everybody works on everything, so the projects kind of intertwine. It's good to think of Elder Scrolls 6 as still being in a design phase, but we're checking the tech. Is this going to handle the things we want to do in that game? Uh, every game will have some new suites of technology, so Elder Scrolls 6 will have some additions on Creation Engine 2 uh, that that game is going to require. End quote. Tim, was Elder Scrolls 6 announced too early? I definitively say no. Mm -hmm. I feel like us as gamers, we can't have it every which way. Of we course. can't be like, man, we need to be more transparent and announce games as soon as they're working on them. And then also just be like, oh, man, you announced this too early because we're not going to see it. It's like, yo, I like knowing. I think that every game studio is different. I think that every game franchise is different. I talk about the unicorns a lot. Yeah. There are certain games that it's like, yeah, cool. We know they're working on another Elder Scrolls. But now we actually know they're working on a, another one and we can stop theorizing of like, when are they going to announce it or whatever? It's like, cool, it's here. Then the conversation becomes, when's it going to be re-revealed? When's it going to be actually talked about? When's it a real game? Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Like, I feel like there, the, you can argue that this is uh, overhyping something. Like he's saying, oh, it could have been a little more casual. Yeah. But we see that a lot where it's like, oh, yeah, we're working on a new Bioshock. And now here we are, like, oh, yeah, they're working on a new Bioshock. Yeah, and we're like, where's the trailer right. for the new Bioshock? You know, I feel like there's just no pleasing everybody. So, like, honestly, I don't think that there's a right answer. I think that everybody's going to feel differently about how these games are either announced, not announced, secret, not secret, just a, uh, this should have been an email, or, oh, they put a freaking 10-second CG teaser that has nothing to actually do with the game. Like, what's the difference, really? I don't know, but that's more exciting. Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah, I think for a game like um, Elder Scrolls that has all this hype that, you know, Skyrim is probably one of the most notable games ever made. Yeah, like you want to hype it up. But also, yeah, it's I under I'm with you, right? That like, I don't think there's a right answer. And I definitely understand the side of, well, let's just have transparency. You look at the movie industry and it's like whenever a, game, a movie gets greenlit immediately. OK, yeah, this studio is working on this with this writer and this person. We'll see you in a year. I the hate tough that. Thing would be, the, yo, you hate that. Personally, I mean, yeah. And again, I don't speak for everybody, but I speak for myself. I like the excitement. The video game industry has showcases. The movie industry doesn't. So I like showcases. I like there being surprises. I like that big moment of you didn't know this was happening. Boom, now it's happening. Mm. And we, when it's just like a press release of, hey, these directors are working on this game. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. That's much less exciting to me. But that's just me. And I, it's that tough thing where there are just so many moving parts to it, right? Because I imagine for the movie industry, the reason why that happens is like, if you want to have the excitement, you got to announce with a trailer. But to have a trailer, you have to have recorded footage and you have to have all that stuff edited together. And this stuff is getting announced before we even get to the part where we're, we've recorded any footage, right? Like this is being announced pre-pre-production. I mean, you don't, uh, the, the one exception essentially is Marvel, right? That, hey, yeah. you just fucking phase three but and here's a bunch, bunch of fucking of logos. logos, which that that is Starfield. That is Metroid Prime 4, right? That yeah. is exactly Elder the same thing. But that is unique to them. Like, they could do that. They could sh do some CG little shit and, like, show it off if they wanted to. They just rarely do that, unless yeah. it's, like, a Comic-Con or something. The but even then, it's different than a summer game fest. And, that's, and with video games, the tough thing is that video games take so long to make. And so when... Todd Howard, or whoever it was, I believe, I assume it was Todd, came on stage and revealed the teaser for Elder Scrolls 6. I'm sitting there like, I'm, by the time this game comes out, I'm going to be 38 years old, probably. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a different person. Who knows if I'm going to be playing video games by the time we get Elder Scrolls 6? And that's the nature of the industry. Again, I don't think there's a right answer to it. I, I do like the idea and what, what they did with uh, Fallout 4, which is announced that game, and then six months later, we were playing in our hands. For me, that was the most hyped thing ever. But also, I, like, that's not for everybody. But I love that both of those are Bethesda. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that there's nothing better for the industry than a now, soon, later type of methodology when it comes to why am I investing in this console? What, what am I going to be playing this fall, yeah. next year, and a couple years from now? How do, how do you feel about the way CD Projekt Red has been doing it? Because they, they basically have a whole roadmap of here are all the projects we're working on. We have a Witcher remake. We have the Witcher sequel. We have a new cyberpunk thing will happen eventually. We have uh, a, a multiplayer thing going on over here. And they've laid all that stuff out in a way that's very transparent, in a way that feels very Hollywood. Is that a thing? Do you, based on what you're talking about, do you not like that? I mean, I, I think that it, again, there's pros and cons. And yeah. it, do I like it versus like, is it right versus whatever? Like, I don't think that there's a right answer to this. I think personally to me, I look at CD Projekt Red. I'm like, yeah, that looks awesome. They're a company that can do that, that has the resources, that has the teams, that has the IP. There's just a lot of stuff there. Having said that, when they have one misstep, yeah. when Cyberpunk comes out and doesn't hit the way that anybody expected it to, then everyone's looking like, oh man, Cyberpunk's a problem. Look at their whole roadmap. What are they going to do with all this stuff? Like, inherently, there's going to be issues and discourse around every decision made. So I think there's pros and cons, but I, I really do think it comes down to the the studio kind of understanding what they have and what they're doing and what the best thing for them is and to get gamers excited because that's the point of marketing right yeah him is pros and cons but you know where you can go if you want just the pros kind of funny.com slash patreon over there on patreon.com it's kind of funny you can go and get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all know life can be hard. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know from experience how often it just seems easier to care about others and keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. For more balance with BetterHelp, visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kindoffunny betterhelp.com slash kind of funny this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate however it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the reese's because when you want something sweet you can't do better than reese's Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. And we're back with some epic news, Tim. Ooh. Story number three. Epic's new program lets developers keep their revenue in exchange for exclusivity. This is Jay Peters at The Verge. 
Epic Games will let developers keep 100% of their net revenues from the, from the Epic Games Store for six months if they choose to make their games or apps exclusives for that time through its new first-run program, the company announced on Wednesday. Typically, Epic lets developers keep 88% of the revenues, with the company taking a 12% cut. For de developers who launch a product through first run, the split will return to 88-12 once the six months are up. Developers who choose to participate in the Epic first-run program will see a few other benefits as well. Epic says first-run games and apps will be presented to store users with, quote, new exclusive badging, uh, homepage placements, and dedicated collections, end quote, and will be featured in, quote, relevant store campaigns, including sales, events, and editorial as applicable, end quote. The program is open now, and the first products that will be eligible to be, to be a part of the program uh, must launch on or after October 16th. Here's Epic's exact language on what the products are eligible. Quote, a new release game or app which has not been previously released on another third-party PC store or included in a subscription service available on another third-party PC store. Games or apps with a pre-existing exclusivity deal with the Epic Game Store are not eligible for the program, end quote. However, developers can be a part of First Run and still release their products on their own stores. Uh, quote, products in the Epic First Run program can also be released simultaneously on publishers and developers' own stores or launchers with direct sales, sale of an Epic digital redemption code, or integration with our keyless redemption program, Epic says. Holy shit. Right? This is wild. wild. I'm really struggling to see the downside to this. Mm -hmm. Where's the gotcha? Because... We're looking at 100%. I've got one right now. Uh, Noir and Games uh, says, Jeff Grubb said that they're no longer getting lump sums. Sorry, it's going away. Stop moving, chat. Uh, getting lump sums for exclusivity now, so this is probably a worse deal. For Cut me off, Barrett. I had a good point that I was going to God damn it. <laughs> now Jeff Grubb gets go. all that credit. There you <laughs> go. Fucking Jeff Grubb. But, yeah, Wait, what, was that the point you were going to bring up? I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Gotcha. What, what I was going to say is 100% um, in the first six months. Like, that is... That's the money made from that game, right? After yeah. the first six months, money will be coming in, but it's going to be nowhere near that. Mm. But the one thing that could be here that I don't know, but if they were to take away the actual exclusivity deals, because yeah. exclusivity being the, the one uh, part of the, the offer here of like, you give us exclusivity, we'll give you 100% for the first six months. Yeah. Uh, but before, they were paying for that exclusivity. So if they're no longer paying, I imagine that that number is probably going to be a lot more for some developers, but not others. But, like, I think they're still going to pay for exclusives, right? I think I mean, well, that's, that's the one part I don't know. That's yeah. the one thing that I'm like, the only I thing I can think of would be would be that. But we don't know I would, I would expect they will still do that, right? Especially going after... I, I think maybe this is them going about it from both sides of, hey, like, we we have the bandwidth to like go after certain devs and go after these things and pay them the lump sum so that we can get that exclusivity on our platform. But for everybody else who still has a cool game they want to put out, yeah, like give them a reason, give like give people an additional reason to come through, especially if it's a game that we wouldn't <laughs> pay the lump sum for, which like on one hand, yeah, like sucks you can't get the exclusivity, but then on the other hand, making 100% of your revenue in the first six months I would think it's pretty good still. I mean, like, regardless of the lump sum or not. That's wild, man. Th yeah. That type of revenue split isn't a split. It's just revenue. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not And a again, the first six months are the most important, like by far, when it comes to, to making that money. So, uh, and on top of that, getting the, the, the promotional aspects and all this, this seems like a, a, a very, very, very beneficial option for uh, developers to take if they are, are willing to uh, commit to being exclusive on, on Epic, which is a choice and does divide an audience and cause, cause some issues, but 
There's a lot of pros there. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I feel like Epic has shown over the last couple of years that they are really trying to get this right in a way that benefits everybody. They need to make money. They need to, uh, and they're making money from a lot of places, but they need to make more money if they're going to uh, continue to to uh, succeed here, um, especially when Steam is still the dominant store out there, right? Um, but this sounds like a, a excellent, excellent choice that I feel like is going to benefit a lot more developers than the current system if it is one or the other yeah wild story number four sony's playstation division is acquiring headphone maker audis odyssey audis nuts thank you bear thank you (laughs) this is from jay peters at the verge sony interactive entertainment the division of sony's that's responsible for playstation is acquiring the high-end headphone uh let me say that again is acquiring the high-end headphones maker audis According to a press release, (laughs) Sony says that, quote, the acquisition will strengthen SIE's efforts to continue innovating when it comes to the audio experience of PlayStation games, end quote. Audis will operate independently and still make products for multiple platforms, though Sony notes that it will be benefiting from being a part of the PlayStation ecosystem. Terms of the acquisition weren't disclosed. Sony's press release highlights how Audis... Headphones use patented technologies and unique planar or planar magnetic drivers to deliver an outstanding sound experience. Play on. Play on, sorry. Uh, for consumers <laughs> <laughs> for consumers and recorded uh, recording professionals. Sony specifically mentioned planar magnetic drivers on Thursday when it shared more details on new PlayStation audio products, including the Pulse Explorer earbuds and Pulse Elite headsets. So it's feasible this deal has been in the works for quite some time. Both headsets will also take advantage of a new technology called PlayStation Link that brings low latency and lossless audio when used with the PS5 and new PlayStation Portal game streaming device. Tim? Yes. You're a big Audis fan. I am. Audis nuts. (laughs) Very big, very big fan. This this is really funny because on uh, PS I Love You XOXO uh, this week, Greg got to check out the PlayStation Portal Mm. and the uh, the new Pulse Elite headphones and uh, whatever they're calling the the earbuds as well. And um, got the the briefing on PlayStation Link and how it's all going to work going forward with everything. And I got to talk to him about the tech side of things um, because I'm a a little more informed than he is when it comes to that stuff. And I I am uh, definitely by no means an expert, but I am an enthusiast when it comes to high-end tech. Uh, And I was bringing up Odyssey being the standard when it comes to um, audiophile headphones, both in and out of the gaming space. Outside of the gaming space, they make some of the greatest headphones, period. Um, like audiophiles, it is, they are one of the, I don't know, three or four companies, I would say, that are like, yeah, gold standard. Their um, CX line, I think it is, is like industry standard when it comes to so many different types of sound profiles you're looking for, um, for whether it's mixing, music listening, like every, everything you look for from an audiophile perspective, it's there. In the last couple of years, they've making a shift into the gaming space, uh, making very, very, very the highest end gaming headsets. And their methodology was simple. Let's just take great headsets mm. and then just add a little microphone. <laughs> because unlike a lot of gaming headsets where they start that way, where it's like back in the day when everyone was like, I want to get a gaming PC. And it was an Alienware that looked like a goddamn rocket ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where yep. it's like, 
I, I'm so happy we have like NZXT now. Where it's like, let's just be sleek and sexy and not try to fucking do too much. It, it's the same idea, right? Like you've seen gamer headsets, Turtle Beach, yep. uh, Astro, like all these things. Like they look like gamer headsets. They look like gamer headsets, and they sound like gamer headsets. Yeah. And it's it's the Beats by started. Dre stuff. I that, got so excited when I bought my first gamer headset and I started using. I'm like, it's not that great. And it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of concessions made for a variety of reasons. Going back to the last conversation we're having about the Series S and stuff, a lot of it is budget. People aren't trying to spend the, the, the top line um, Odyssey gaming headsets, $900. Jesus. Yeah. So, God damn. Obviously, that is not a mass market product, like mm -hmm. at all. Um, so they have a couple lower end ones that are, I think their most entry point, uh, gaming one is a hundred dollars and it is a little bit more comparable to gaming headsets, headsets we've seen before, but they have a, uh, like three and $400 range. There was the Mobius and the, uh, recently they put out the, the Maxwell. So Baird's showing the LCD fives right now. Cool. These are the flagships, $4,500. Oh, that looks like an armored core. Um, and these, I have, I've used these before. I do not own them. Mm. They are freaking fantastic, but like they are. They are audio file things, mm -hmm. but the uh, GX series, if you could look up, uh, actually, if you go into products, um, gaming is like the um, second column bottom. There's the, yeah, the LCD GX. These are $900 um, and they're open back gaming headset. Mm -hmm. They're wired. They're fucking phenomenal. The, look sick. the sound stage is insane. You know exactly where footsteps are coming from, where uh, bullets are coming from, in a way that is unrivaled, unmatched compared to the, the other headsets. But it's nine hundred fucking dollars, man. Yeah. Like that's absolutely insane. Then they have these, the three hundred dollar Maxwells. These are amazing. I would say these are currently the best gaming headset on the market. Mm -hmm. um, they're wireless. They're fantastic. Um, they have the the, the Planar um, magnetic. Magnetic stuff that is just so much better. That kind of is the difference that jump over into more an audiophile experience. Um, anyway, I was bringing up how they kind of are cornering that market in, in the top, top, top end side, which is not necessary for most people. Yeah. Um, but I'd say below that is like the, the Steel Series, the, the Arctis Pros and, and all of that. But then underneath that, we had PlayStation, like the $99 Pulse headset the Pulse that they came out. I love. Um, that is that's great. Honestly, I think it's a fantastic product for that price point. Like it's nowhere near as good as these other ones. Duh. Yeah. But like for a hundred dollars, it's using... a consumer product. Like it's supposed to be something that you can actually afford, right? Mm -hmm. It's still expensive for anybody, but it's something that you can actually feasibly buy. If you're like, I'm trying to invest in this. I play games a lot. I want to use this thing. You're going to get a great use out of the, the Tempest, the PlayStation's 3d audio engine. Mm -hmm. So when we were talking about the, the upgrades to it, I was telling Greg that I think it's a little bit weird that the new headset they're putting out that's like the better Pulse is 150 And then the, um, yeah. the earbuds are 200 Oh, are they really? Yeah. And I'm like... And I really want those earbuds. I was like, that's, <laughs> it's interesting to me that the price point's there where I was like, oh, that 150 for... I would imagine that if they were going to put out an upgraded Pulse headset, it would have been in that $300 range. It would yeah. be like, let's actually make an upgrade and keep this one. Otherwise, this kind of just feels like replacing the Pulse... Mm -hmm. um at a 50 dollar um plus up right yeah. markup but it all goes back to the playstation link anyway having said all of that i'm very surprised by this news that days after that conversation playstation is now acquiring them mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of good and bad that can come from this um looking through the press release it sounds like the outside of playstation uh, headphones, they're still going to be made. It's not going to be affected by the acquisition at all. Like, Odyssey still going to make some of the best audio file headphones out there. But I'm really excited about what this could mean for the, the gaming space of things. I do think the timing's a little bit weird with 
them with Sony putting out their PlayStation uh, headphones now, like, yeah. and this coming out after, it's like, I now really don't want to buy the, yeah. the, pulse, the earbuds or the, the headphones. Not that I necessarily was going to anyways, mm-hmm. um, but I want to wait for the Odyssey versions of them because th- I believe that they're going to be a lot better. But like, Having I, said that. Will, will that take a while, though, for those to come out? Maybe, but I mean, it's... It, this it, this just seems the timing of this news is very bizarre to me. Yeah. Um. And also the Maxwell, the Odyssey Maxwells just came out like I want to say like four months ago or something. So like we're a little off um cycle when it comes to some of this. But I do <sighs> try to do the best way to say this because I hate proprietary bullshit. Yeah. Like I hate when they when like yeah you, know, you got to buy the memory stick duo for the freaking um I guess that wasn't even proprietary the Vita memory stick yeah, right yeah, yeah. hate that type of shit it's it's dumb. PlayStation Link, I don't like it because it's proprietary and it's going to like lock you into something. Having said that, the tech behind it is extremely exciting. And the more I read about it and, and hear about it, mm-hmm. like uh, it was so funny because Greg went to the, the PlayStation event. Last night, I spent like hours watching like the tech YouTubers <laughs> that went to the game event. And the way they talk about it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I got Greg was excited to play PlayStation Portal. <laughs> Greg killed it on the portal from Greg fucking killed that. It just, it, that's just not his shit. Yeah. Um, whereas I spend my time watching tech reviews. Um, seeing them talk about it, I'm like, oh shit, there's a lot of potential with this thing. And for Odyssey to be uh, it, a part of that now, I'm like, oh man, there's a potential future that this could be really, really, really good in terms yeah. of lossless, wireless, no latency, audio file quality uh, experience. Does it bug you though that? Odyssey is now going to be probably lumped in with proprietary stuff because this is PlayStation acquiring them, right? It's not just Sony. Yeah, so that's that's what's interesting. I mean, I from reading the press release from the Odyssey side, it sounds like their headphones aren't going to be touched by this. This is okay. it's only going to affect the 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 gaming side of things, which yeah, that does suck for for Xbox and for Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, but will they also be Bluetooth compatible, and then it won't really matter anyways? I would say probably. So I don't think it's really going to. I think. If anything, this is just going to be really, really good for PlayStation gamers and not negatively affect the uh, other guys because the other guys just don't have this tech, but they'll have Bluetooth and very, very high quality products. Odyssey being in the, the gaming headset space is a good thing for everybody. And them getting more support and more mainstream push from somebody like PlayStation, I think is only going to raise the bar of quality products. Mm-hmm. I think that it'll take down the highest end but who the fuck's out there buying nine hundred dollar headphones, anyways? Yeah. Are these the guys who I'm gonna have to send pictures of my ear to? No, that that work was already done. Wait, did I miss the memo? Did I? This miss is the, the this is the results of those tests. Yeah, Damn. they got these. Uh, but, uh, we never got Mark Cerny's uh, number to send. Yeah, Mark Cerny never took in the he pictures didn't. of my ear. I didn't, didn't. get the. Oh, Man. I got it. Awkward. Is it helping? Is are the? Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, Second best baby blues. Damn. Number one. I don't even got a name for him. Nuts. Number one, nuts. Story number five, Stalker 2 has been delayed. This is George Yang at IGN. Actually, no, this is George Yang at GameSpot. Excuse me. Stalker 2, Hard Chernobyl, has been delayed uh, to Q1 2024, according to a new fact sheet uh, for the game. Developer GSC Game World's latest fact sheet for Stalker 2, Hard of Chernobyl, mentions that it'll be released for PC and Xbox Series X in the first quarter of 2024. Quote, the game will be available on Game Pass Day 1, and pre-orders are opened on our website, as well as on Steam and on GOG. Pre-orders of physical editions available on official website, end quote. Uh, the game was first revealed in 2018 and has been delayed multiple times for various reasons, including development issues due to the ongoing war between Ukraine and Russia. GSC GameWorld had to evacuate Ukraine, but has now presumably continued development. There you go. 
Every oh my see, god! <laughs> every time I see footage of this game, more and more I'm like, this is different from what I, what I had in my head. I don't yeah, know what too. I thought Stalker Team yeah, was. Yeah, I'm with you. But like, this shit is wild. A second ago, I thought that there was like a, a visual glitch, but it was just like a, a weird warping effect. Yeah. And then he, he was uh, like fighting a dog, and I was like, please don't shoot the dog. He didn't shoot the dog, but audio listeners... He made the dog blow up yep. in a very graphic way. A lot of like animal violence going on in games recently. I don't know how I feel Not about it. Not a fan. It. Ever since Not we kicked fan. that squirrel, I've been... Hey, that it. squirrel fucking started it, all right, Bless? Yeah, but like that person ended it in a way that didn't need to be ended. <laughs> so much blood. <laughs> there are two splatterings of blood when you kick the squirrel yeah. and when the squirrel well, hits the tree. Me kicking the squirrel and the squirrel hitting the, <laughs> hitting the tree. Goddamn. Oof. Of course, hearts still go out to uh, the developer, right, and all the all the stuff going down in the Ukraine. Like I, I, I'll never forget watching the um, video that they put up about the basically their dev diary on the updates on Stalker Two with everything in Ukraine, and then being like, "Yeah, we're basically in the war now. Like, we're taking breaks from making our game to participate in like fighting the war and like you know trying to hold hold this down." And so, man. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's a lot, but like the fact that yeah, they're still working away on this game. Of course, yeah, delay it for wherever wherever you need to. For sure, put this game out in twenty twenty six. We'll be here for you. Like goddamn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Story number six: Persona inspired Eternites launches a little earlier than planned. This is Robert Ramsey at Push Square. Eternites, the Persona-inspired action game with a heavy emphasis on character relationships, has actually brought its release date forward. It was originally set for the twenty first of September, but now it's launching nine days earlier on the twelfth of September. Getting out the way of those games. All them games. Liza P. Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat 1. Good decisions being made. What's up, Barrett? This gets, a, this gets a news story. But Persona 3 Reload, getting a date. Listen. Didn't get a news story yesterday. Listen. The Persona knockoff. Eternite? Have you seen, have you seen a trailer for this? It looks cool. I played the... What, it didn't have a public demo. It was a Steam point. Next Fest demo, yeah. Yeah, I'm less sold on the game now. Honestly, same. But still, I, you know, <laughs> Eternal. Who cares about Persona 3 Reload, Barrett? <laughs> you know? I'm waiting for Metaphor <laughs> Re-Fantasio. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, waiting for. He's trying to Fantasio, man. I mean, man. both of those games can be great, you know? Nope. We got Persona 3. There can only be, be one. There can only be one, Barrett. <laughs> Persona 3 can carry the first half of the year, and then we can get uh, Re-Fantasio. Uh, uh, excuse you. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming early 2024. And so Persona 3 Reload will carry the first half of the year and then and Suicide know. Squad you guys Pokemon Scarlet and Violet the Indigo Mask and the, the Tuxedo Teal or whatever the fuck it's called comes out next week. All right. Oh, next week. Next wow. Week? That's not right. Two weeks. Or not. Two. Oh, okay. That's just one of them. Still, though, this game looks really cool. Like, I, I'm good. I think I'm going to pick it back up. Like, again, the Steam Next Fest demo didn't really sell me. But I think part of that was just like technically I wasn't it didn't have it all the way there um, on the tech side of it. And then also. <laughs> I feel like that early first impression of just like the social stuff wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, I didn't love any of the the, the characters. The best friend character was particularly kind of not well written. Yeah, um, but when I look at the trailer, I look at the action. The action looks real good, and it's a really good really good art style. And so I want to give it a shot. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Our final news story, story number seven. Speaking of Mortal Kombat One, John Cena. And there's Mortal Kombat 1. This is tweeted out by the Game Awards account this morning. It's been confirmed. John Cena will play the role of Peacemaker in Mortal Kombat 1. Hell yeah, man. I love my boy Cena. He's out here trying to have fun. Always just being a stand-up guy. Making shit happen. No gig too small. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. Never seen this guy. You know? I've never seen him before in my life. What? A, why would you use this picture of him? <laughs> 
Like, yeah, what a wild pick. Game Awards. Come the fuck on. Show some goddamn respect to my boy JC. I would Andy, love- what do you think about this picture? <laughs> I would love if, like, for uh, Peacemaker's character Mortal Kombat 1, they're like, oh, yeah, we couldn't get Cena, so we're having Peacemaker voiced by Randy Orton instead. That'd be insane. Man. Tim. Randy Orton. I'm very excited to hear, I guess, John Cena's, like, grunts and stuff. Like, what voice, what, what's he saying? I guess we'll do this. Yeah, he'll do, like, intros. Yeah. What's, a, what's a Peacemaker about intro? Eagly. What's the intro that, like, okay, I'm, I'm Scorpion, you're Peacemaker. We both step onto the battlefield. Yeah. What's your first comment? You can't see me. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah, good. that's what it'll be. That's really good. Fuck. I'm like that's not right. Fuck. <laughs> that's really good, Tim. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this, but Mortal Kombat One is just so far away. If I want to, let's come out to Mama Grab Shops today. Where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host, each and every weekday. Yeah. You can't see me. Really killed me. That was really good. Out today, we got Blasphemous 2 for PS5, Xbox Series X, Switch, and PC. Unpacking for iOS and Android. Ride 5 for PS uh, for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X. Shotgun King, the final checkmate, is out now on Switch, uh, Xbox, and PlayStation. I'm going to pause there. Tim, mm-hmm. I've been playing a little bit of Shotgun King. Oh! Yeah, it's really cool. It's a roguelite where you play as a king on a chessboard. Okay. And you have a shotgun. And you take out huh. the other pieces. Interesting. And so it starts off, and it's like a co- only a couple of pieces on the board that you're taking out one at a time. But then after each round, you get not what I expected this to look like. Yeah, you get um, like a perk, and then like a like a negative perk to choose from that's going to benefit you, and then also going to benefit like the enemy um, chess team, I guess. Uh, and like as you play through, it gets more and more tough. Of like, all right, cool. Now we're adding in a queen. Okay, now we're adding in two knights. Okay, now we're making it. Now we're giving you a better weapon, though. Now we're doing the like oh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and like the, the the pieces move like chess pieces, obviously, and you're taking you're taking it a turn at a time, and so you basically lose if you get checkmated, right? If you move to a spot to where you can get cornered in by a piece, it's really cool. Shotgun King, the final checkmate. Yeah, Good for them. It has a story. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's and you're the wild. chess poppy, so that makes sense. Yeah, no. As soon as I saw this, I was like, I gotta check this thing out. I played it, and I was like, this is a really great idea, a really really cool indie game. Uh, and then first ones, the third episode of the Expanse, a Telltale series, is now available. Can you believe that? I really episode can't. three. The, the first episode came out. No, and then the second episode came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? They yeah, both dude. of them came out, and now Everyone's the third episode's out. That's wild. I've heard negative people talk about this. I know. <laughs> New days, Mike. I mean, is Mike keeping up with the episodes? I I refuse to believe that. I do too. New dates for you. Just Nut launches October 31st on Xbox Series X, PS5, and PC. The second... What's up? (laughs) What? Such a fuck, bless. What? You are such a fucking fuck. What? (laughs) (sighs) Pull up the title screen, Barry. Isn't that what it is? Isn't that the thing? Oh, Jusant. 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 Just Nut. October 31st. Uh, <laughs> Aldi's. Uh, the second part of Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island, the quest for Guybrush launches August 31st, and then Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, the Infinity, no, no, the Adventure of Die <laughs> is coming September 28th on. on Xbox Series X, PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. Andy Cortez, I'm going to need you to come stand here for a second because I need you to see the logo for this game. Um, where did, where did you have that? Can you send it, it on, to, to Barrett real quick? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. Infinity Strash. It is going to offend the living shit out of oh, you, Andy. No. Uh, this is for Infinity Strash Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die. I'm going to drop it in the assets, Barrett. It's a, oh, he found it. Infinity Strash 
Dragon Quest, oh. <laughs> The Adventure of Dai. Well, there's a lot going on here. What's your graphic design review of this? There's so much. I mean, you know, the rule is usually don't go above two fonts. Three would be stretching. We got four rock in here with the date being down there. Uh, what do you think about the colors? I, I mean, it, re it really just looks like this is a, like a vape shop that I drove by <laughs> near GameStop. You know what I mean? Exactly. Infinity hash or some shit. Ugh. I first read this as Infinity's trash. Me too. Yeah. And you even said it that way. Yeah. But I, you didn't mean to. In, I didn't mean to. Infinity strash. I don't know what a strash is. What the fuck is a strash? You're getting a new Dragon Quest game coming out September 28th. A cooler sash, maybe? Somebody uh, Google the definition of strash. A deal of the day for you. Cave Story Plus will be free to claim from the Epic Game Store on August 31st until September 7th. Tim? Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. You'll love to see it. And we got nothing wrong. Zero. Zero. Not even a submission. Something about that oh. seems off, but I'll take it. No, I'll take it. We said nothing but facts today, Bless. I felt it as we were saying them. I was like, this is right. This is right. Nothing wrong. Let's be real. This is a fantastic episode. It was. It doesn't get better than this. It was. All right? It's got me. It got you. Got what else do you need? No Eddie popped in for a sec. <laughs> no Jerry Petty. Barrett was here. No Gary Witta skipping my news stories. Dream Squad. Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Oh, look at that. It's Tim and Bless. Oh, <laughs> We're back at it. the good times. Back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live after the KFG post show, the crew is doing a big back to school charity stream. I heard it's going to be a fun one. I heard him planning it. Some yeah. cool things going on. Super cool. Uh, everyone there, we're raising money for uh, teachers out there to yeah. be able to, to fund their Amazon wish list for all the shit that they need because they don't have money to pay for it because teachers, teachers don't, don't get, get paid, paid well anywhere. And it's really unfortunate. So we appreciate anybody who comes by and helps out uh, the number of different teachers that will be uh, helping today. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. Just nut. Aldi's. <laughs> Nuts! And it's time for the post show. Post, post, post. It's post show time, everyone. We're going to read some super chats. We're going to read your resub messages on Twitch. Also, your hype messages on Twitch. Any way you want to message us, we will respond. It's going to be great. Andy's joining us. We got That's a couple of questions time. we didn't get to, but I want to shout out um, Charles Jacobson's question that he wrote into KFGD. Uh, he shouted out Kojima's 60th birthday today. Happy birthday, Kojima. Happy birthday, Kojima. That's great. Andy Cortez joining us now. This is my first time hanging out with Andy in over a week. Oh my god, yeah. I'm mean, longer than that. Yeah, yeah. You were in Texas? I was in Texas, yeah. Man. It was real hot over there, Tim. Let me tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me tell you. So well, back, not as bad as here back. though, right? You know? What's up? Not as bad as here though, right? Oh god. Do you do you oh, smell like a <laughs> like a scented lotion or like a hairspray? Mm, okay. Hairspray's got okay, a little bit of a good whiffs. Your sit down smell was real nice. Oh, so there's a sit down smell. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, when you sit down next to somebody and you get, you get the, the waft. Yeah, yeah the waft. you get the waft. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Uh, Barrett, I sent you a, uh, I sent a TikTok to Assets. Let me know if I need Ooh. to send it somewhere else. But you talking about that logo reminded me of something I experienced the other day. Or uh, a couple of months ago, but I think it's still worth bringing up. Dcash. Dcash. With a $5 super chat. Remember, you can send in your super chats here because we're having a super chat with our super hosts. Uh, let's watch this real quick. I, you could probably fast forward near the end, maybe, maybe halfway. 
This is like some dinosaur game that I was reacting to a trailer for. And uh Exoprimal. No, remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Remember Exoprimal? God, that came out this year, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it came out like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it came out like last month. <laughs> Here we go. I've seen enough of these games to know. I mean, first off, what's happening with the font here? What are we doing right here mm. in this spec in this section in particular? Yeah, the curring. What are we what are we doing here? I've just seen enough of these games to know, bro. Like I've I've fooled me once with a lot of this shit, but like what is this right here, gamers? <laughs> the gap in between these words, odd. This <laughs> is the same font as this, but it's squished. It's 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 squishier, and then this pops in. This fucking font jump scares you. Out oh of my nowhere. god! That's <laughs> so such a good. Way and to then put down it. below, it pops out from behind the wall, <laughs> the italicized you in your kidney. You know, Silent like what is going on? Here it's right just now? Why, an instinction. Like, here, why are why are some of the <laughs> like the lines so thick, but the end so skinny? <laughs> it's like a Bioshock type font. It's like an Art Deco type font, oh, trying to be all fancy. Much Deco. Uh, Decash with a five dollar super chat says. Tim, I'm shopping for a soundbar slash sub to pair with my LG C2. What's the move? Wanted to integrate with my LG TV nicely. Oh, here's the 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 words you don't want to hear is there's no soundbar that is going to be good. There's going to be or uh, great at least. There'll be ones that are good. They're totally fine. But soundbars just aren't the move. If you're you're talking about a sub, what you want to do is at least a a uh, get three speakers and a sub. And that's going to be way better than any soundbar ever will. You want the stereo sound. You want the center for the um, the, the dialogue and things. Yeah, vocals and things the like that. Vokes. Um, and then the, yeah. the sub if you want the bass. But like, yeah, soundbars just aren't really the move. There's a um, an LG soundbar that's like made for gaming. But anything that's made for gaming is probably not going to be the best. But uh, it they're good enough these days. But yeah, I would highly recommend getting a 3.1 system over a soundbar. And you'll probably spend less money. $20 super chat. This was an hour ago. El Capitan. $20 super chat. Thank you very, very much. Very generous of you. Says, what's the point of sending engineers to Larian to help get split screen running when they dropped it from Infinite and it's delayed for Forza? Can't get it running on Force Party games. How could you help with someone else's? Got him. Uh, all games are different. Yeah. I mean, you know, game video games are different. Like... I, mean, I don't know. You, I feel like you can put in split screen into some games and it probably wouldn't be as much of an issue as Baldur's Gate. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I missed this. Are they helping? I think he was talking about Halo in particular. I don't know. No, well, I, I mean, I believe Larian talked to Phil Spencer. Phil was like, we'll send some engineers over there. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll try to like fast track this and get this going. Yeah. I thought they weren't going to get split screen running. Well, yeah, that's the decision now. Yeah, I mean, now, yeah, the new thing is... Yeah, the, the sending engineers the over. Engineers was, that was like a week or two ago. <laughs> it's basically what the engineers went and went, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't know how to do this. Y'all were right. All right, cool. Come on, come on, Series S. We're sorry. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Ant-Man. Resubscribe for 68 months as one more month. Granny Num Num's 30 months of support. Elite 4 Josh says, shout out Barrett. Almost a full year subscription right there. And right. then also gifted out five subs. We got a $2 super chat from Manic Pixel says, can we get some Final Fantasy 16 spoiler chat? I'd love to. No, I haven't beaten it yet. You Earth beat it though, be. Andy. I'm beating it. Talk to you about pretty it decent point. time. Pretty decent time. <laughs> pretty decent time. Norman v uh, v Osborne. Norman V. I'm going to call him Norman V. Vosborne. Vade Bancor. 
Cure. Whoa. It's one of those words. Yeah. Oh, you kind of like, you talk like you got a... That's every... Like you got some fucking Burger King fry remnants on the top of your mouth, you know? Back in the day when you eat Burger Ow. King fries, you'd get the remnants on the top of your... You mm, never had that? I know what you're talking about, yeah. I was, I was riding the Wait. data and I was typing to Audis and I was debating whether or not Audis to spell nuts. it with like D, Audis, D-E-E-Z or just write it the way that it's actually spelled. At the end of the day, I did the actual way it's spelled, but I got real tempted. I'm proud, proud of you. Thank you. Same person who leaked Project Q has said Sony is working on a PS5 Pro. Sounds like the goal is better RT and AI upscaling. Not surprised. Ooh, like the, so the PlayStation DLSS. DLSS. Yeah. Ooh, actually, huh. I could be down for that. But like, isn't DLSS? Actually, no, I'm going to speak, be speaking about my, my ass, but I'll still say it anyway. DLSS, isn't that like for lower end machines that can't produce the high end like demands that like... Or... So the... The big worry now is that, I mean, it's a, it's a worry in quotes, but some people are going like, for example, Remnant 2 kind of requires DLSS uh -huh. in some ways where a lot of people are worried that studios are going to be super reliant on these AI upscalers and it's just going to become the default from now on. Mm -hmm. So yes to your first question, but it's also for my RTX 4090. If I want to run full ray tracing, film quality like ray tracing... If I do that without DLSS at 1440p, I'm going to get like 18 frames per second. Gotcha. But if I turn on DLSS on, mm. I'm going to get up to like 50, 60. Turn on frame chat, the visual triangle. Everybody hold the visual triangle, okay? Illuminati. The visual oh. triangle. Remember, DLSS gives you the best of resolution, frame rate. You got to wiggle the sides. Resolution, frame rate, visual quality. Visual okay. triangle. Okay. So games are going to look better. Games are going to look better, yeah. Gotcha. That sounds great. I mean, that's what we were hoping for with this, this new upcoming Switch, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's get some higher reses. And I, I like, it's that, it's that thing where I'm sure we say this every single generation, but I really genuinely, this generation with the PS5, I'm like, man, can games look better than this? Like, damn. And it's, it's, it's the same as like the LeBron, no, the Kobe system commercial with Kanye West, where Kanye is like, but like, how can I be any better? I'm the best or whatever. More. And yeah, and Kobe's like, more. Just give me more. Are you the same beast and a different animal? What the fuck does that mean, LeBron? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, Kobe? <laughs> Shout out, Mama. Happy 45th birthday. Hell Shout yeah. Out Mama. Uh, Ricardo Gonzalez with a $5 super chat says, per Urban Dictionary, Strash is being stressed out and trashed. Stretched out and trashed? Stressed out and oh. trashed. Mm. And Dragon Quest. Good I life. doubt Dragon Quest is using <laughs> Urban Dictionary vernacular. No, maybe they are. <laughs> the fucking Dragon Quest fourteen getting crunk, <laughs> and then yeah. crazy and drunk. Yeah, like I type in Strash definition, nothing comes up, but Urban Dictionary does, and it says. Actually, let me read. Okay, here we go. Strash is the most awesome <laughs> diggity dank nugs from Humboldt. It is also anything that is awesome and super sick. Cool. They spelled sick without a K. Did Mike write yeah. that? That's interesting. <laughs> uh, Matt Mamba, 17-month resubscription on Twitch, says, Are Twitch resubs read during the post-show? Unfortunately not. Sebastian Tafola Tafoya, with a $5 super chat, asks, Hey guys, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'll be going to San Francisco to visit the Academy of Science. Anywhere else I should Ooh. visit? Academy of Science is real dope. Super dope. That's going to be a very fun time for you. 
I mean, that's going to that's gonna be a day. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're going to be in Golden day. Gate Park. Golden Gate, I mean, also, wait, is so it like, tomorrow, you said? It's tomorrow, so it's Thursday. What's Yo, happening tomorrow? Nightly. I mean, it's about to be nice as shit. Like, oh. it's, I mean, we're complaining that it's hot, but if you're visiting here, going to Golden Gate Park, you're going to have a dope-ass day. Just walk around. It's going to be Oh, it's, be- it's going to be beautiful today as well. Yeah, There's a yeah. Ferris wheel, like, right outside of um, Academy, Academy if you, of Sciences. If you walk out, uh, like, uh, if you go north of the park, you can go to a couple of eateries that uh, we like. Like, there's uh, Uncle Boy's, which is a good burger spot. Uh, Andy and I always talk about Volcano Curry. But then if you go south, there's uh, Gordo's. Uh, what's a couple like of today's Thursday. Uh, the other things, like, down near Gordo's. Uh, well, so if you're, ninth. if you're going with a group of people, I would recommend on 9th and Irving, which yeah. is, like, right outside of uh, Golden Gate Park, there's a place called Umma, U-M-M-A. Yeah. Uh, it means mom in Korean. It's Korean food, and it is so goddamn good. The only problem with it is it is definitely a – order for the group type place so if it's just you don't go there <laughs> but if you can get like three people y'all are gonna have the best meal of your life are, are you talking about just quantities massive it's it's just the t- it's massive quantities and also the the taste i feel like gets a little samey if you like just order one dish but like if you get like four different things to share then it like divides it up real ah uh, i see i see also, if you see me walking down the street with a basketball, I, I accept open challenges. It's kind, it's kind of like, it's like Street Fighter street Arcade Fighter Mode. Tour. Yeah, World Tour Mode. <laughs> Fucking like, it's like Pokemon, where yeah. it's like if you make eye contact, you like have <laughs> to play <laughs> basketball. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, go to Marafuku. $5. Oh, Marafuku is fantastic. $5 super chat from Sergio Maldonado. It says, Andy, as a fellow Texan, what does blessing mean you guys don't have AC? Even when it's 60 down here, I need to have my central AC on just to sleep. These, these old buildings were never built with AC in mind because the temperatures never were that hot in order to like, if it's going to be warm two weeks out of the year, yeah, they never saw it as being necessary here. Yeah. To my yeah. knowledge. Yeah, right, they, they built yeah. them... With the idea in, in mind that, yeah, most of the year it's going to be chilly and foggy and cold. So let's build these houses to capture as much heat as they can. Uh, so once you go back inside from the, the chilly, uh, cold, the chilly city, 55 degree weather outside. Yeah. Then you get a little bit of warmth. Uh, and that's that made sense for the climate of San Francisco, you know, 50 years ago. Right. That's not what San Francisco looks like today because of, you know, uh, climate change and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's unfortunately fucking us a little bit. Yeah, most houses in SF were built in the 40s. So, like, that, that was... Yeah, totally that's the thing I get hazy about because I know there's the earthquake that, like, fucked up a lot of houses. So yeah. I forget, like, which ones were built when. So I was shooting the other day and I had that little temperature thing that came about me. 85 degrees in my room. Mm. Like, I mean, just kick on this uh, little AC real quick. Cool. Um, Arturo Tron, Robo Bartender. With a $10 super chat. Bioware created Baldur's Gate 2, one of the best CRPGs ever made. With Larian's goady contender, Baldur's Gate 3, what does Bioware need with Dragon Age 4 to regain their laurels after a string of disappointments? What do you think, Andy? Cool characters, cool setting. Um, with me, Tim, it's, it's less of like, do I care about the overarching story or do I just want to have, do I want to bang all these creatures? Yeah. Can I ask you a question with that though? Sure. Do you ever about banging think, creatures? Yeah. Do you ever think that like you're you're gonna be all banged out? Like you're no. playing Baldur's Gate, you're trying to bang people. You're playing Mass Effect, you're banging people. Like no, are you no, ever no, just no, no. trying to settle down? No, one never gets tired of banging out. Yeah. 
Especially when it's these computer characters. Like the the problem is though is that sometimes people notice the flirtation happening cross camp. Yeah. And Carlac is suddenly like, well, I mean, I did see you talking to Shadowheart. I'm like, yeah, you know, but you know, it's kind of just a just a casual thing, fast yeah. casual. You I'm know, playing this game the exact same way I'm playing. Carlac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, I'm past the point of where Carlac is like. Carlac already kind of like gave up on me. Carlac Car- put me in the friend zone real quick. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I, I had a bit more hope uh, further on. Then I randomly talked to uh, Lazel, and Lazel was like, I want to fucking ride you and taste you. And I was like, God damn, Whoa. bro. And I was like, well, let me just quick save here. Let's see what happens. Bear to the living room. Let me lock the door real quick. <laughs> Anyway. Color, cover your eyes. <laughs> Electric Greg Tar with a $5 super chat. Do you think we'll ever get a Souls-like Castlevania game? I can't imagine we don't, right? Like, it's the just fact that it hasn't been announced yet, I do think is surprising. I also think is good. I think that the longer it takes for Castlevania to make a return, the higher chance that game's actually going to be good. I don't want them to just cash in. Castlevania needs to mean something. It is one of the most iconic titles in video game history, and I feel like year by year, that gets less and less true. But you look at the Netflix show. It's utterly fantastic. There's something special about Castlevania, and I feel like uh, From Software has just taken the, the wind out of their sails and are like, nah, motherfuckers, we got this shit yeah. now. Could you imagine that E3 trailer? If you started off a trailer that is konami and then it says from software and then it says castlevania oh no people think metroidvanias are just based in pennsylvania now like that because of the the word uh thing and he's back yeah. everybody um uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know if we answered Arturo robotron bar, bartender's question about jagged age anyway let me just go back to the like the the banging people um i think that sounds like the answer i i it, we just need meaningful character interactions with really good character arcs I think if the story delivered is like a 7 out of 10, but all the other stuff surrounding it is really incredible and thoughtful, then I, I think that they'll have a hit on their hands. Yeah. I really don't know how anybody follows up on Baldur's Gate 3. Like, just for what that game does as a fantasy RPG with so many different systems, so many different types of character interactions, so much freedom in how you want to play. Man, like, that, that, it's and, tough and, to compete with that, dude. And my thing is, like, I think you need to focus on other aspects in order to have like a like when we look at starfield and i I know the the naysayers might say like man this cannot touch baldur's gate right like look at all these interact baldur's gate is just like every choice really does feel like it matters and on starfield are they going to go that deep within your actions maybe not but you can customize the absolute fuck out of your ship and you can customize the interiors like their strengths were also put in a lot of different areas and i think if you are to try to make a crpg then you really need to make the most robust character creator of all time or the most crazy like i don't even know camp like Mm -hmm. builder or whatever the hell like you need something to kind of go alongside if you're not going to be 10 out of 10 or 20 out of 10 at this point with Baldur's gate when it comes to all the choices and causes and effects and outcomes that happen Mm -hmm. you need to really put and focus uh in other areas because you're probably never going to live up to that um lunchbox 15 month subscription with twitch prime thank you for using your twitch prime you you got twitch prime hand it the fuck over call your grandmother 
It seems like we went years without any kind of split screen or couch co-op games. Why is it such a big deal for Baldur's Gate? I have no fucking clue. Because really they say because they have it, just don't have it, and then it's not a problem. But the moment you have it, people expect it to be on all the, the versions of the game. Like that's just how simple as it is. But I mean, that's it, also uh, that's uh, Xbox's thing too is parody, uh, parody between Series S and X, and I think uh, like Larian just is dedicated to giving that option for couch co-op, and especially this being a D and D turned video game situation, right? They just wanted to give that option, but it was from the Xbox side where they're like, well, if this feature is on the X, it should be on the S, right? And also, like, if that's your, if if that is the vision for your game, right? If it is like, oh yeah, we like to have couch co-op because that works for what we want Baldur's Gate three to be. It does suck to have to take it out because of the Xbox Series S in particular. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm like, if if you're able to build the game with that, and this lowest end thing is what's holding you, then I totally understand the decision of, oh, let's just not release on that thing then. It also feels like a decision that well, I mean, we know that this game has been in development for a long ass time, and it feels like a decision. That was made like in 2002, 2003. <laughs> like, hey, man, we're going to bring you couch co-op. And then the game got like, it took like 20 years to get made. And they're like, oh, fuck, we promised couch co-op like way back in the day when it was like something more expected in games. And now that's just not very much of an expectation, I don't think. Mm. And I think if like it was never announced, you're right, Dim. If, it, if this was never announced, nobody would be asking for it. But you say it and now it's like the biggest deal in the world. Uh, people pointing out that uh, Steam Deck doesn't have the option for uh, the, the split-screen co-op. Yeah, but that's also... Steam doesn't have a rule of parity between PCs and Steam Deck, I believe. Specifically because Xbox is, like, looking for parity between the S and the yeah. X. That this has been an issue. Can you play split-screen on PC on Steam? I don't know. People were just saying Steam Deck. Hmm. Um, I also do... I, I, I know a very specific like use case of people using split screen in, in Baldur's Gate 3 like only there are two people I know that are playing that way and so like it's out there but I'm I, I definitely understand the idea of like not everybody's playing splits or most people aren't playing split screen this sure way. I mean but the amount of times that we see you know couples out there playing where it's like I'm on my tv and and yeah. they're on theirs and it's like, like that's, that's kind of a Red normal play. thing yeah. yeah um I think it should have just been super pared down and like you can't even control the other character movement wise maybe like once the action begins in a fight scene then you can like oh you hey little cousin you select the moves you know like yeah. mario Galaxy. Yeah. my thing is that, that like split screen hasn't been a problem for Baldur's gate 3 except for the fact that they couldn't get it to work on the xbox series s and that means that they couldn't put it on xbox and i think if that's the case then it's like i think that's more of an xbox issue oh it's 100 percent an xbox a Baldur's issue. gate issue yeah, no, yeah. like i don't think the i don't think the solution is to go oh actually let's just not have split screen like this is never worth it in the first place no, for yeah. sure. Um, Calvin Perez with a $10 super chat says, uh, asks, Bless, how accessible is the skill tree in Armored Core? I was on the fence until you recommended it to another person because they love Returnal, but the skill tree still intimidates me. The skill tree? Yeah. In Armored Core, uh, like, like up upgrading your character? That stuff is really easy. Um, yeah, like. Buying parts. Like, but I mean, buying parts is very easy. Just the go blue, to the part shop. get the blue. Blue is better. Red is bad. There, there is a. It's not a skill tree necessarily, but there is an upgrade system in Armored Core that is very straightforward. Um, you basically there is an arena mode that you go to where you fight one on one with other mechs. When you win those, you then earn. Um, I forget what they're called. I think they're called like OS points or something. OS. They chip. race for pink slips. Yeah, they OS race for chips. pink slips. Yeah, but you unlock these OS chips and then you take that to the OS tuning menu and then. 
you just you just buy whatever upgrade you want and it's and it's all like very explanatory, uh, explanatory and straightforward of oh i want more damage for ballistic weapons i want more damage for energy weapons oh i want the ability to press down and triangle to like do a quick turn or whatever it's stuff like that that said i'll prioritize um the core expansions basically what those do is that they give you like these emergency shield systems and those are good for really tough boss fights and so the one that i start off with was the terminal armor and what happens with that is that when you get down to one hit it um automatically activates so that you know if you get caught off guard and like somebody gets like a killing blow on you you kind of get that extra chance to live and then you can either repair or try and like go for mm. um like your final hits and take out your enemy and so if you're upgrading uh, in that upgrade system definitely like prioritize that terminal armor and then from there just do whatever um, appeals to you great job 621 put me in the game tim you know what i'm saying I know. I uh cj splits on with a two dollar super chat says what new genre would you like to see larry and tackle Ooh. i've seen i mean it's not necessarily a new genre i've just seen people throw out there that put this in the Warhammer universe. Oh, interesting. I feel like Larian should do a, uh, like a four-player third-person shooter game. You know? Sure, okay. I agree. I agree. Okay. With a battle pass. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I have to play online. I, I do like the idea of them going, like, a either post-apocalyptic or sci-fi or both. Which I, the, I forget what it was called. Not Warframe, not Wargroove. Than the Warhammer is Warhammer <laughs> is Warhammer like is that is that's like adjacent to like I guess fantasy space shit right? There, there's two versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40k is what I've been told. 40k is the Star Wars, and Warhammer is the medieval Lord of the Rings. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I yeah, I would love to see them do something that is more really? sci-fi adjacent. That's what I've been told. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The one that uh, like Rahul is in? That's 40K. Warhammer 40K Bolt Gun and the Warhammer 40K Space Marine Dude, is coming I'll, out soon. I'll play the fuck out of a Star Wars Larry Just a game. Warhammer that's not 40K? Yeah, that's the one with the rats. Oh. Remember, I was like, what's the rat? Vermintide? Oh, yeah. They say 40K is, is the Starcraft and the regular Warhammer is Warcraft. Huh. Give me Larian Rebel Moon. Yes. <laughs> Stop it. Yes. Stop it. That was, that, if you want Rebel Moon to be successful, give it to Larian and give them all the money you have. <laughs> <laughs> like every single fucking dollar you have, just give it to them. Jace Metal, resubscribe for 20 months using Prime. Give us that fucking Prime. Naughty Biscotti, 80, 83 months. God dang. Says, y'all rock. That's all. Thank you, Naughty Biscotti. Thank you. Very, very kind of you. 200 bitties from Turtle Espresso, just, or Turtle Espresso. No message. Just wanted to do that. Seven months of Prime from Gentle Robert says, here you go, Andy. You digitally handed it over to me through the screen. Ben hit 13 months of resubscription with Prime. Thank you, Ben hit. Brian Murphy with a $12 super chat says, Speaking of Gamescom, Quantic Dream CEO said Star Wars Eclipse is a different game than anything they've ever done before, including Detroit. What do you expect from them, and what would you like? Expect a lot of Martin Luther King references. I Man, I like two-thirds of that game so much. <laughs> and then you get to the... Martin Luther King civil rights stuff and I'm like what the fuck is happening in this fucking video digital graffiti like yeah. that game should have just been a Connor game <laughs> through and through I love my guy Connor Man. I don't shout out to Clancy Brown who's Clancy cool. Brown yeah Brown. he's so good in that that uh, game was, like, was I'm Connor 
Just make it a detective <laughs> game. That's my impression. <laughs> it should have been a detective game. Connor should have been the one star of it. Like, get get rid of the fucking yeah, the Martin Luther King stuff, and then also like the um, uh, I forget the name of the girl. Oh, they made the whole short. Kara. Yeah. Get rid of the Kara stuff because hey, that stuff I'm was Con- weird. <laughs> like, Connor. <laughs> you get introduced to Kara and it's you running away from a man and like having to hide from him. Yeah. He's like fucking abusive. Yeah. Get, get that out the game. Like, no, let's just make this a Connor game. Yeah, Star Wars. Um, I expect. What do I expect? Honestly, I, I don't expect much from this. Like because of a lot of what you guys are saying. Uh, what do I want from it? I just want a really quality Star Wars story that I feel like we began a lot of recently. Like we talked about Andor. Ahsoka so far is freaking awesome. Uh, Jedi Survivor is incredible. Fallen Order was incredible. Um, looking at Outlaws, it looks incredible. Like I just want more Star Wars video games. Star Wars can be adapted to games so well because there's so many unique sounds and and ships and weapons and characters that it's like, yeah, there's a lot there that they can get right. Um, and I feel like Quantic Dream has shown that they have the stuff in some ways and has shown that they can mess that up in many others, right? But I feel like Star Wars might be that that secret ingredient that brings it all together. At least I'm hoping. I would be shocked if this game ever comes out. And there, there's that too. Yeah. I wanted to address something real quick before we end the post show. Uh, ben Starr went very viral once again. He's been going viral like with, crazy. With his audition for Mario. Doing the Clive voice. Which I think I do just as good. Mm-hmm. And some people said, Andy, where's your audition? What are you going to do? What are you bringing to the table? Um, and I've got a couple things cooking. I can give you a sneak preview right now Please. if you'd like. <clears throat> for the new Mario voice, Nintendo. Action. Hello there, Luigi. You don't know me. No, fuck. It's a me, Mario. You don't know me. But you're about to. So you could put that on the reel if you'd like. Good. Put that on the voice acting reel. Hey there! It's me! It's a me, Mario! Well then, Mario, we're going to Tahiti after this, Mario! It's me, Luigi. See, he turned into Hank Hill at the end. Dutch, no, it's Dutch from Red. Red, But at the end, it was little Hank Hill. Yeah. Oh, Bobby. Bobby. Well, Dutch, we're uh, Dutch. uh, Arthur. Arthur Morgan. What if it was a little more? He's a Mario too. Mm -hmm. What if he was a little more Donald? We need Trump Mario. Huh? What if he was a little more Donald? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that was the Donald he was asking for. I was going Trump, but okay. (laughs) Oh. Listen, the Mushroom Kingdom is so... The Mushroom Kingdom, we, they want to close the walls, and we want to build that wall in the Mushroom Kingdom. What, that what sounds about? like Bowser, but uh, what if uh, Mario was, like, a certain professor who uh, taught, like, a potions class? Well, 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 Mr. Bowser. You don't know me. <laughs> what, what, what if you was Paris Lily? Uh, so... It's me, Mario. <laughs> It's really good. Thank you. It's really good. The Frog Knight 28 months of support says, I stopped watching on Twitch. Usually on YouTube now. Here's my prime, Frog Knight. I love that. Set that reminder, everybody. Some people are like, how the hell do I do this? Remind me, Andy. Uh, set yourself a fucking reminder in your goddamn smartphone. And boop, it goes off. And then you just go to the channel on your phone. You go boop, and you hit the button. Easy as pie, dude. Manny Thorne, 40 months of tier one love, says, this made me want a 40-inch sub sandwich. A lot of inches. What are you gonna do with that? My brother resubscribed for twenty five months using Prime. Uh, Aaron, set set a fucking reminder. And Dave ninety one. Uh, sorry for cursing if the kids are watching. Uh, Dave ninety one n forty nine months. The final one, resubscribing with Prime. And I'm John Marston. 
And that's the end of the post show, everybody. <laughs> just I'm just throwing it all out because I gotta act like there's scouts in the audience. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You never know. Yeah, you never we know. Got what, dance floor demon out there. You never know what talent agents Charles you're Jacobson. Right now. Opportunities abound. Thank you, Charles. Charles, hit up your people. All right. Hit up your um, people, Charles. We'll see you right after this, where we're doing a little fundraiser stream. Mm. We're clearing out a bunch of teachers' school shopping lists because teachers got to buy their own shit, and it's crazy. So let's help out all those teachers out there. Pay the teachers. We'll see you in a bit, everybody.